Kelly, I came home from the summit just yesterday and I found out that your mom sent us a voicemail. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, I was telling her about the summit and I told her everybody had asked for, you know, more feedback from my mom. So here you go. Hey, I heard the outspoken summit was amazing. I'm sure you guys had a blast. I also heard that it was both inspirational and, you know, full of all the nitty gritty, critical thinking, problem solving stuff that has to happen. That can be intense and that's the way it should be. I think that's probably the next motto for women's triathlon, inspirational and nitty gritty. Have a great week. Okay. I love that. The inspirational and the nitty gritty. (laughs) So I guess, um, one, it's going to be your new slogan. And two, you have some thoughts uh, about what we found inspirational and what we found (laughs) nitty Nitty gritty. Well, I know that we both have thoughts. So after the break here, let's do a complete debrief of the summit. We'll talk about what are inspirational and nitty gritty, and then we'll do a little behind the scenes look at organizing the summit. Live Feisties, If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ass Kicker Inc., whose boutique line of activewear for women features positive uplifting messages such as strong is the new skinny and I can, I will, end of story. You can support the podcast, get 20% off with the code riding at AskKickerInc, Inc. with a K, dot com. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties, If We Were Riding. So I know obviously you were like in and out of things constantly. So I don't know that you even like fully listened to your own summit, but what were your inspirational? What was your nitty gritty? Okay. Let me start with, okay. Can I start with nitty gritty? You can start with whatever you want to Sarah. You're Sarah Gross. (laughs) We didn't, you're right. Like that. I, sorry about that coughing. I'm, I'm really fighting hard to not get sick right now. So we, yeah, you're right. As an organizer, unfortunately, I don't get to take in as much of the actual program of the summit, which is really too bad because I really, there were some sessions I really wanted to participate in that I didn't get to. So, okay, I'm going to start with the nitty gritty uh, because Diana Birch, who is the VP of, ooh, she's of World Championship Events for Ironman. Okay, she basically is the race organizer for for Kona. She's the vice president of world championship events. She gave me her card, Sarah. Yes, that's what it says. But she's, okay. she's the race organizer for Kona. She's like in charge of Kona. She's in charge of 70.3 world. And she's also recently in charge of a bunch of marathons too. Yeah. Like international events. Yep. Yeah. She's a big role and totally classy woman. So I met her. I went when I was in Kona for the iron women coverage a couple of weeks before I went and I had a meeting with her and I invited her to the summit. I really wanted her to come to be able to share her experience. Uh, and then, and it was great to have her. She was on the, where are we now panel Sunday, I think just after lunch. So I was excited to have her there. And during the conversation, what happened was it sort of became clear that some people, some people th- threw her a lot of questions. Basically you were there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was a lot of questions, but then I come from a background where I never think a lot of things are a lot of questions. So 
Right. But there were, there were some questions. You're a journalist. So I didn't think right. there were some questions that were hard questions. There were some questions that were like had a little of edge to them. And then there were some questions also that she didn't fully, she didn't answer fully as well, which was, I think, a little bit difficult. So I think there was like, that was the kind of moment, like now I'm going nitty gritty first, but I think that that was the moment where that was a little bit uncomfortable for people to realize that Iron Man, I don't know quite what it is, but there's a kind of a perception problem as like related, especially to women that goes beyond the 50 women to Kona thing where people don't fully trust some of the policies that Iron Man Yeah, we were kind of talking about this before because, um, and we'll talk about this after the break at the end of the show, because Iron Man Argentina this weekend had a bunch of questions and I had a lot of people coming up to me at the conference. I was telling you, they were super, super skeptical. They were like, they were ready pitchforks to like go be mad at Iron Man about Iron Man Argentina. And I was like, guys, like, why are you like, it's, Whatever. I was like, let's all wait a second. And basically it came down to like, they had lost faith. They had lost trust. Mm-hmm. They like clearly like their perception was that, th- that they were so ready to be mad. Um, and I, I certainly think also, I mean, some of that's on Iron Man because like, you know, you, you, you are the authority in the sport. You are the biggest name. You like have, you have to build up um, legitimacy. You have to get buy-in from your, from your customers, your base, and you're losing some of that. And some of it's obviously on us as athletes which is just that they're the biggest name in the game. You're always going to be mad at the biggest name in the game, right? Like mm-hmm. in baseball, everyone's always bitching about like what their team is doing, what the MLB is doing, right? Like that's just the nature of the sport, this nature of all sports. So if, if someone from Ironman shows up at the conference, of course, people are going to be like, here's what I think you should do differently. Here are my, my questions. Here are my concerns. Here's like, because they're the ones in charge, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it works. Yeah. I did. I think I was telling you too, after she talked, I went over to ask her something completely not about women, about like a totally different subject. And people were just like, had her in a corner being like, here's what you should do. Continued. I want to I see the, I want to see this different. I want to see this different. I want to see this different. And some of them were good ideas. I, told, I was like, yeah, some of those are good ideas. <laughs> so. Well, I know, like, I was pretty grateful for Diana and how classy she is and how she handled it all. Um, But I also am going to say, like, as an organization, I also saw the depth of, like you said, the legitimacy and authority issue that I hope that they want to solve. Right. Right. And I would love to be able to create a forum where we can have that conversation respectfully. And then whomever is sort of representing Iron Man within that forum can actually is actually in a position to answer some of the questions more fully. So that would be my hope. If anyone out there is listening, that's what I hope for. Okay. Tell us about your nitty gritty. My nitty gritty. Okay. Well, it's an interesting question because I did go to every single one of the panel. Well, that's not true. I like was on the phone for half of one of them. And then I walked back in at the end, but so I went to everything, Sarah. So there was like a lot of nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of nitty gritty, a lot to take in. I did think, so there were, there were some, so you, like you said, there were these panels that were kind of like your themes, which was like where we came from, where we are, where we're going. But then in between, there were these breakout sections that were, <laughs> were about like this, like specifics, like tra- how to like training or coaching or leadership skills or, um, yeah, those were the ones I went to. There I, were others. I can't so remember them sure either. The, <laughs> well, those were the it's ones that I was at. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Okay. And so there were some like very specific details. Like I never really thought um, I sat in on Rachel Joyce and Dana Platten's like leadership workshop. And I kind of just like went thinking like it would be inspirational and it actually was nitty gritty. I never thought about like 
you have to practice leadership skill, like skills the same way you practice triathlon skills. And the notion of like, I really liked the notion. She said this at one point, how they had practiced descending skills. And when you practice descending, you have to slowly expand your comfort zone, right? You like break a little bit later each time. And that the same thing is true when you're practicing like your courage skills in a leadership role, you like have to like slowly do a little bit more that you find, you know, scary or intimidating each time until you expand your, well, she called it your courage zone, but until you expand like your comfort zone. And I was like, and for some reason that like made sense to me. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. You know how like little things make sense to you. Yeah. And I love practical advice too, right? Because that's like, that it is yes. advice about is, it's not too fluffy. It's like real life. We understand what that means, how we can expand our comfort zone in certain situations by speaking up or in a leadership situation. So that's awesome. Right. So I liked that. I liked like the specific suggestions. And so I know a ton of people came out of Stacey Sims lunchtime talk with like specific ideas about how, what they were going to do differently in their training. Everyone's going to go home and throw away their birth control. Yeah. Except for me. We've talked about that before on this podcast too. And the other thing I thought was really in the nitty gritty was what we closed with. We closed with like a brainstorming session and there was a lot of ideas, right? A lot of like specific ideas that were not ideas about what Ironman can do or what USA triathlon can do. There were certainly people there who are in those positions, like who are in Ironman or USAT positions that can go back and start programs, start initiatives, have grants. But a lot of us aren't in those positions. So there was like specific nitty gritty, like what can we do? Which I thought was interesting. And I, I mean, I'm a big believer in those kinds of things come down to like very small day to day. You know what I mean? It's like a conversation here, like a decision there. Like those are like, it's like the little things that add up. Mm -hmm. So that was, I mean... Are we still in nitty gritty or are you saying what you find No, no, no. Well, we're moving around on inspiration. Maybe okay. I'm, maybe it's just, maybe Sarah, the inspiration is in the nitty gritty. No, I was saying ah, the last, you. oh yeah. You liked that? Yeah. yeah. Good one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, the last session of the conference, after we talked, after like the panel about where we go from here, mm-hmm. then we were talking about like specific nitty gritty ideas yes. about what you can go back and do. Yes. And and my and like I tend to be a like what you can go back and do is answer questions, make connections, like bring, you know, bring people along with you when there's an opportunity that arises, like bring a new person with you to this, right? Like make like right, all those kinds of like nitty-gritty little tiny things. Right. So this is okay. Can I give you an example of a way this has happened in my life recently? Okay. Okay. So two years ago, I did a diver I led a diversity panel at TBI. You were there, right? Uh, no, was that the year? no, you weren't there that year. At the triathlon. That's where we met, Sarah. No. See, there's another example of of right. We met triathlon oh, bringing people together. We mm-hmm. met at the triathlon business international conference, the one in LA, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and here we are. So the next year, when I didn't see you there, <laughs> I led a, I led a panel on diversity, and at that time, like honestly, I just didn't know very many black people in the sport. Right. right. So I asked the one black person that I knew. He would recommend for a panel and he'd introduce me to Sika Henry, who now was on one of our panel, who has since, you know, she was sort of representing the voice of USAT when they announced that the first historically black university college would have an NCAA team. Um, So she has since like grown into a little bit that voice of being of for sure within triathlon. And so that's really fun to see, right? Like where it just starts with like one little connection and like to watch her grow into that role. Um, so hopefully those kinds of things will also come out of the summit. Like who, as an organizer for me, 
who I put, it's really important to choose the people right who we put on stage and who gets a voice. Right. Sure. So I think I kind of went off the rails with that, but that was just like no, finding how like, the seeds planted. I think those planted. are examples. Right. Those are examples. Yeah. Like when Aaron, Aaron Bersini, editor in chief of triathlete last spring, mm. sent me an email that was like, Kelly, should we have a conference just for women? And I was like, I think you should talk to Sarah. Right. <laughs> See, and now they, they ended up sponsoring it. See, these are the things that I think in our day-to-day lives bring it all together, Sarah. Yeah, totally. So another place like where I'm hoping that might happen is our own editor for the podcast, Erin Hamilton came to the summit and she's transgender. And she basically asked some hard questions of, of Ironman and USAT about their policies. And so hopefully that kind of, and I know they're already in motion. Like it wasn't because she was there that, that they're now like, Oh, what transgender (laughs) athletes exist? Like, of course I get that. But you know, sometimes it's just good to help move the conversation forward. I was actually very proud of her and how she talked about how she sort of stood up and asked the question she needed to ask. So that was inspirational for me. Good. Oh, so now we're moving into inspiration. Okay. What else was inspirational for you? The other one for me as an organizer, because as we just talked about, I didn't see a lot of the presentations end to end. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to jump too much into that, but, and, and also spent a lot of the time like ruminating about like, Will there be enough food? Has it arrived on time? Are people too cold? <laughs> like all of those things. Um, but one of the things that really inspired me was how really how the people that we asked to speak and present came and backed us and they brought their A game and they all, I mean, they were all wonderful, right? I mean, that was As what made it. As a speaker and presenter at the conference, I would like to say we were all wonderful you were all and wonderful. amazing. And I was, <laughs> And so like, that's what inspired me was that, was that myself and Lisa can come up with this idea, right. And go, Oh, we think this is a good idea, but in order to connect the dots and there's so many dots to connect on something like this, right. There's the sponsors and then like all the organizational pieces, like the hotel and the, the food and all that. But then there's also the speakers and we're depending on them. Literally they will make or break our summit and they made it. So I was inspired. The very, not the very first talk, the very first talk on Friday evening was from Meredith Kessler, but the very first one Saturday morning, kind of in our like looking back at the history was from Julie Moss. And I, uh, and I went up to you after and I was like, is it just me, Sarah? Am I just like really tired? Cause I've been training a lot or is like everyone crying? And you were like, no, everyone's yeah, crying. Everyone was wet in the eyes. I actually wrote that. I wrote a piece about the summit, just my perspective as an organizer that's on livefeisty.com right now that I published. Well, today's Wednesday. So I plan to publish it tomorrow, Thursday. So by the time the podcast is out, it will be up there. Uh, but I mentioned that, that like after when you turn and look at the room after Julie's presentation, a lot of people had like a little moisture. They're like, oh, man, oh, man. Yeah. I also thought, OK, so speaking of crying, this made me think of. So so one of the things so this is going to sound super full myself, but let me let me go through it. All right. So we spend a lot of time talking about triathlon and the specifics of triathlon. And so in a lot of ways, like there wasn't a ton of new information. Like I've heard a lot of these talks before. I've like listened to a lot of this analysis before. And like some of the details were new and like it was really good to actually like meet a lot of people. So for me, a lot of like what I found really inspirational was in the individual one-on-one conversations, if that makes sense. Like in like little tiny things people say, like I've known Meredith Kessler for a long time. We're not like 
we're not like best buds, but like we both live. I mean, I like her. We used to live right by each other and like go to the same squads. But I never would have thought like, oh, like she, like I never would have thought to reach out for her for questions because like I didn't think we were that close. And then she said in passing, like she's always open to questions. And literally this morning I emailed her a question because we're both going to be at the same race as we get. And she responded back. So it was like little things I thought. Um, and I was like, wow, that's like that's really cool of her or like crying. So like, and you mentioned Sika. Sika is trying to become the first African-American pro. And this last year, she like really upped her training. And so she came up to me and was asking me about like, if it gets easier as a, you know, a new pro. Mm -hmm. Cause, uh, cause I think, you know, you can't ask Rachel Joyce if it gets easier. Rachel Joyce is like on another level, right? right? But she could ask me, does it get easier? And I had a conversation with her about how, no, actually it's really normal to be crying like two weeks before your big race. We all do it. And she was like, oh, thank God. I thought I was like, thought I was going crazy. Right. Right. And so I found like that's it's like it is nitty gritty, but it's also inspirational to Sarah that I found like those individual conversations, Mm -hmm. like actually really interesting. Like that was what I really liked was like the individual conversations Mm -hmm. that I think now are like connections that will go on in the sport. Another thing that I loved was when I forget somebody said this in the final day during our brainstorming session that she had literally during the course of the summit approached someone, asked that person to be her mentor. And that person said, yes. Like, right. I love that to me. That's like, Oh, mission accomplished for me as an organ. I don't even know who it was. <laughs> I just like check. <laughs> Perfect. Done. Perfect. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, I mean, from my perspective, like just showing up, people kept asking me questions about it before. I was like, I don't know, guys, I'm just showing up. Sarah and Lisa in charge. I don't know anything. So from my perspective, just showing up, I thought it went really well. Give us a little behind the scenes perspective. Oh, behind the scenes. Okay. Did anything funny happen? I think, um, okay. A couple of things I was worried about going in. One was that we had decided that instead of being in like a stuffy conference room space, we were literally going to host the main sessions in like a hotel bar. Um, which you can understand is a bit of a risky move. Like, so, and as it got closer, cause at the beginning, I was like, that's a great idea. It's kind of a flowy space. There'll be comfy chairs. It'll be different. People will feel like they can move around. And as we're getting closer, I'm like, oh, is that just going to be weird? <laughs> like, are, the, are all the photos going to just have like whiskey bottles in the background? Is that going to seem weird? Like, how is this going to work? So I really felt like that was one thing that, that I was worried about that came together. Let me think. Another one was just about like I had a real learning curve around like the food, right? I had a lot of stress. About food. <laughs> I mean, we kept joking all weekend that you're not the details person. It's fine. <laughs> you're so like nice. the big picture person. <laughs> big picture person. Um, but you know, I knew I I was included and I was involved enough in the conversations around what <laughs> we're going to, and there was so much food we can. Like, I just, I think if I was feeding triathletes just without a budget, I would have just freaking like brought a ton of food, you know, like I would have like catered the thing, like the roof, the roof, like feed them, feed them, feed them, keep the people happy. Right. But of course we couldn't afford that. So that was another one of my concerns around just going in was like, are people going to be starving? So I think there was like, uh, I think it like overall, there were some meals that I'd thought were better than I expected. And some things I definitely wouldn't do again around the food. Okay. Noted. Mm-hmm. Noted. Thanks for the, the, the level of detail there. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure our audience is like uh-huh. currently like. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are planning on doing it again next year. We are. 
What's going to be different? Have you decided yet? Who you know? Uh, we're definitely going to a bigger venue. Um, because there'll be more people. Yes, there'll be more obviously. people. So we're, um, yeah, we're hoping to be bigger and better next year. Take all the learning experiences from this year and be able to turn that into an even better experience. Are you going to bring it? Senator, Kirsten, I always say Kirsten, but it's Kirsten. It's Kirsten. Cinema. It's Kirsten. It's Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Cinema. I want, like, why do I, I like always reverse it and Very then I confusing. like correct myself. Um, anyway, Kirsten Simina came uh, and she said, you guys better come back to Tempe. So well, now I know who to talk to about coming. Now back you know to who Tempe. to talk to. There uh, you go. I think, I don't know for sure. We have not had this conversation yet, but I well, think okay. as again, it's, I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good location and people did actually come. Cause again, that was, you know, deciding this in January that we were going to do this. We thought that Phoenix was a good airport that was easily accessible for people to get to, but you just never know. Are people going to spend a thousand dollars to fly plus hotel plus the entry to come to an event the first weekend of December. You just don't know that for sure until people do it. So they did. <laughs> so, well, there you go. Yeah. So I think we'll probably end up sticking, probably end up sticking with uh, Tempe for at least another year. Good, good. She'll be happy to hear it. She was also quite inspirational in her talk. Also, she's like, uh, what's the word? Quite good at giving yeah. talks. Yeah, she was she Almost was good. like she just ran for Senate. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Very engaging. Very engaging. <laughs> So there were a lot of good speakers. So you guys will have to, you know, find even better I new know. speakers. How do we go up from there? Year. How do we go up from there? Was there anyone? Okay. Here's a question for you and, and our audience. Oh, if, are you going to be like, are you going to be like, was there anyone who is terrible? No, that that's not what I'm going to be like. I don't want to know. <laughs> or I already know. Um, <laughs> what, what I want to know. And from our audience, if anyone wants to send me a message, Sarah at com, Was there anyone on a panel that you want to hear from as an individual speaker? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. You're not going to answer that. I think you're going to have to also find, well, I mean, almost the people I like listen to talked individually. So I don't don't know that I, I don't know. Like there wasn't anybody I'm trying, like, I like, like Meredith talked individually. Stacy talked individually. Marilyn talked individually. Julie talked individually. Anne Head was on two pants, right? Like Sally Edwards was interesting. We could have had more, but I, she did like, I just didn't, she had a little powwow. Mm-hmm. In one of the rooms, yeah. I just didn't go to it. You are gonna have to find some uh, like, or you just keep finding some people, but you're gonna have to find some other female pioneers of the sport, leaders of the sport. The thing, the the thing for me is that there are a lot of them, and there are a good, lot of people that good. I talked to in the course of this year that were not at the summit. So I think good. it's gonna be at least a couple years before we start. You run out of female pioneers. Around going, <laughs> where where are the other <laughs> awesome women? No, we're not there yet. There's still lots of people, awesome people to hear from. Um, okay. So is that everything about the summit? Everything. everything. It was like, you guys were there done. It's covered. We've said everything we need to say. Okay. So after <laughs> this last break, Kelly has had a lot of questions about the slot allocation for Ironman Argentina. So she's going to explain everything. Everything. We would like to thank our sponsors, Ask Kicker Inc. You can support the podcast and get 20% off by using the code RIDING, that's R-I-D-I-N-G, at AskKickerInc, Inc with a K, dot com. If you don't already, follow us on all the social medias at If We Were Riding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to our feed on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. If We Were Riding is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our fabulous editor is Aaron Hamilton. I 
Okay, so maybe I've like turned myself into the person people want to bitch at about female slot allocation. You have, yeah. I have, yeah. So over the course of the summit, so many people were coming up to me and like freaking out. And then I got a billion emails and like Twitter message and messages and Facebook messages. So the deal is, guys, Ironman Argentina was this weekend. It was a regional championship. A regional championship has two slots for the pro women, two slots for the pro men, and then these two like floating slots that could go to either the men or the women or be split equally depending on how many people start right what freaked everybody out is that the tracker originally said there were 10 men and 10 women starting but then the slot allocation was unequal there was four slots for the men and only two for the women and everybody freaked out sarah and maybe this is this gets back to the whole thing we were talking about about people don't believe Iron Man because I was like, guys, they would never do that. Like, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't do that. Like you agree with me. They would never, they wouldn't do that. I agree that once they've decided, they've decided on the policy and they've decided on how the slots get allocated, that they will follow follow their own rules. Exactly. I, I trust that. Exactly. So anyway, ultimately there really were 23 men that started and 15 women who started. And then there were four slots for the men and two for the women. And that's still like really messed up because 23 is not double 15, right? So you're like, something is weird here. And I know people are still trying to figure out the math and like back engineer the math and the algorithm. And Sarah didn't let me get into the super details of the, of the proportional allocation method being used last week but well okay are we doing it this week all right i'll sum up real quick it basically comes down to whether or not you like do i think it comes down to whether or not you like do the proportionality first and then you count the two automatic slots for each or if you count the two automatic slots and then you do the proportionality kind of that's like a rough explanation okay that makes sense so anyway for my high mathematical skills level but but overall, Argentina was weird. There was like less than a thousand people that raised, but there were 75 slots for the age groupers. Wow. So there was like, I mean, th- there was a lot of slots being handed out to some in some pretty weird numbers. You can go and look at it in my newsletter this week. And there was also like we talked about last week, some situations where like the 40 to 40 men got 13 fucking oh slots. Oh my gosh. And the 40 to 44 women got one because math. And like there's, it's hard at that point to feel like this system isn't broken, right? Which like I, a thing that I kept coming back to over the summit, there's been, there's a few things from the summit, Sarah, that are like playing around in my head that aren't fully formed. And one of them that I just keep, I just feel like this system overall, not like men versus women going to Kona, but like the way that we hand out slots period is broken. That like, if we were going to from scratch, if it didn't exist and we were going to make a system from scratch for people to go to Kona, like the best people across all age, it wouldn't be what it is. Right. And that's because like we said last week and the week before, I think we talked about this both weeks, that the number of people in a category, whether that's an age group or the pro ranks does right. not determine depth. And so you can have really, really good people. You know, you could have had like that. You said there was a women's age group. Was it 40, 44 that had one slot? Yeah. Oh, there were most of the women's age groups only had so, one slot. But you don't know. You could literally have had a three-way sprint finish with three women right. going 
nine hours and 20, 20 minutes in that age group. Like, you know, that probably didn't happen, but it could happen and they'd still get one slot. And so like, there's nothing to affirm that the depth is going to be the right people are going to go. So right. it's a problem. So it was weird. I think there are some overall issues. Anyway, a people also multiple people asked me, why did Miranda Carfrey get a spot? Even though she was fifth guys, she like won Kona within the last five years. That's why she got an automatic spot. She just had to validate it. As okay? She should. Well right. done, Rini. <laughs> Congratulations on your great career. You get to So I to think Kona. those were all of the questions yes. I got. I got many questions. Did we answer them all? Okay, cool. Well, Thank you for that. I'm sure we'll talk about this again next week. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.